What am I doing in the middle of the Rio Grande with an ex-con from Nicaragua named Elvis, a guy who can't swim? Let's go back about an hour or so. Detroit, it's no BS news hour with my main man, Tony Montoya. No bullshit. Orale. Oh jeez. Hey, regresado, amigo. I'm back in the USA. Hola. Como esta? Oh, show killer, man. You should have studied harder. <laughs> I know, but just just look at me, man. I'm a disaster. Uh, you, you got the COVID. He got the, he got the cucaracha. I did. See. That, that shit ain't over, man. No. Anyway, we're back. We are back. I told you we were going, and we we're going to figure out what's going on down there. And uh, we did cross that. We're going to show you how simple it was the world premiere We'll be coming. I want to thank you all. Thank you, Karen, for mining the ship and, uh, you know, your good stewardship through the Straits of Gibraltar right there. They were good show. <laughs> we tried, Charlie. Yeah, we did try. What a junky ass show, man. We're like, sounds going out. And, <laughs> but, you know, this is like, a. it truly is a program, a podcast like no other. That's true, Mark, right? Because you work on a lot of them. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it definitely is. There's a lot of elements. I mean, there's a lot, a of, lot of good elements. It's a freaking TV show. We were on even on Fox last night. I mean, this is a real TV show. And I'd like to say, Karen, it's a program that doesn't treat the people like they're stupid. Unless you want to be stupid, then you'll be treated stupidly. But we know you're not stupid. Like, we don't buy into it. We do our own work. And we make sure it's not boring. That's the key to journalism. You, Charlie, you can tell that we don't have a stupid listener or viewership, you know, because of the feedback that we get. People that want to be stupid don't listen. So, well, you know, they must not be on Twitter because there is some dumb <laughs> ass. What the hell is wrong with people? It's the worst. Politics is not fucking college football. You don't pick a team you think. You know what I mean? That's yeah. another story. I'm going to get that That's blue check thing. mark. I'm going to buy the blue check mark, though. Yeah? They can keep the You're fucking check mark. I'm going to buy us the blue check mark. They can keep it. Mm. We don't need the recognition. But do you know, you buy that check mark, it allows you to edit. You know, like Twitter's so bad when you fuck up, you can't fix it. And it gives you like 10 minutes of video space instead That's of huge. two minutes. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. It's really thing. huge for this program. Mm -hmm. Because cause Facebook's dead. It's, I don't it even. It really is. It's kind of, it's the worst. I mean, it's, it's well, data. It, no, it just has a different, it just has a different demographic. Facebook tends to be old. It's just a recycling of the same people. I like Twitter. Uh, TikTok is, you know, constantly emerging. Um, so you got to be on all platforms, Charlie. Nah, bullshit. Look, um, I look at, I look at Facebook and their, and their data is all wrong. You like, yeah. 8,000 people could not have watched it if you're telling me you only sent it to a thousand people. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense. So something's real bad over there. Plus, they really, you're hearing it in the news. I mean, they're meeting with the FBI. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're squelching people and it's not free speech. And they're help lending, they help lend credence to the lie. The lie on the left and the lie on the right, right? They're, they're letting them spread propaganda and we're here to clear it up. And all of a sudden, we're getting shadow banned. So I could I I don't know anything about Elon Musk. I don't have an opinion on the guy one way or another. But if you're gonna loosen it up, right, and allow oh, by the way, you get that blue check mark, it does 
this is for everybody, not just people with po- really awesome podcasts and stuff <laughs> and, and columns in the Detroit news. It will prioritize your feed. It'll, it'll put it up there. So if you're really trying to just communicate, you know, communicate you the idea. Do you have to, because I have a blue check mark, but I didn't pay for it. So is that only for the paid blue check mark people? I, or is I think that you're everybody? good. I, I think, I think you are, uh, what do you call it? Grandfathered in, but I don't know if you, I think you get to keep your blue check mark, but I don't know if you get the new groovy stuff. Because if you do, yeah, that's what I was wondering. if you do, we'll post our shit on yours. <laughs> is that okay? Okay. Because I, <laughs> fuck if I want to pay five bucks a month, I'm a cheap motherfucker. That's a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> in Chihuahua. You know, gas is 250 in Texas. Really? Yeah. Why don't you bring any back? <laughs> I did, dude, because I drank the water and piedras negras, bro. I got, I got plenty of gas. It was really fascinating. Really beautiful people. But before we get to the world premiere of the, I like to call it the ballot, La or, uh, Oracion de Elvis. Mm-hmm. The guy's name's Elvis, the, the Ballad of Elvis. I'd like to just thank some of our sponsors who made that trip possible so that we, from this border town called Detroit, and we're going to, it's always about Detroit people. This border town, this is a border town, and there, and there is a connection to what's going on there, and we'll bring that up later. But if it wasn't for Luke Nowacki uh, and his, you know, friendship, we couldn't have got there. Uh, you know, he's a personal wealth manager. You reach him at 248-663-4748. Rational human being. A curious man. A good friend of the show, a good friend of mine. He gives me advice that I'm not allowed to give you on the air because you, you know how it goes. Only chubby dudes who don't own a set of pants who deal in crypto bullshit are somehow allowed to do that, right? There are no rules for those guys, but there's rules. So, listen. No, don't, don't take financial advice from a podcast. Don't. Don't. I'm serious. Call Luke. Call Luke directly, right? Whether it's uh, college savings, it's a pension fund, it is just your retirement account. Uh, I-bonds, you know, how to do that. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Love you, brother. Thanks for the help. And... Our, uh, our friend Matt Yaskovitz and his, his dad, Bernie. They did a great job. They, did, they do a great job. Technically, that song playing, if you don't mind, it just puts me in a good mood. Yeah. Specialized. Right? They give us technical help on this program. They give us technical help on the road. How we're able to broadcast hotspots. They're experts in internet. They're experts in camera, whether it's for your restaurant, your business, personal security. Um, they manage... Internet and uh, VO, what is that shit? Voice over... Voice over internet? VoIP? VO what is I- that? Yeah. Voice over internet? Yeah. Uh, like making a phone call over the internet? Like like we have here, so you, kind of, can, ca- yeah. you can call into the yeah. show. They, they did all that. Yeah. Very great. Uh, Bernie picked me up and dropped me off at the airport. <laughs> he told me all about it. He's a fucking great dude. <laughs> great family. <laughs> really I love these a- people, and I'm glad to be, you know, associated with them. So, like, your security systems, your digital menu boards, you call XG... Service Group, 734-245-4100. Are they asking for Matt? They're asking for Matt. Ask for Matt, The yeah. son of Bernie. Mm-hmm. The, the boy genius. He is yeah. really He brilliant. is, isn't he? He's he the is boy. really brilliant. And Mark's got COVID, and the boy genius will come in and run the board. Well, I know. I was like, get off your ass, man. Fuck COVID, so <laughs> I 2020. Get, I wanted to get out of the house. I did. I'm like, man, hey, Mark, let me say something to you tonight. Yeah, what? Wipe your fucking nose. This ain't 2020. You're not going to die out of COVID. Oh, I don't think I'm going to die. I, just, I don't like being sick. Sucks. <laughs> it's the worst, man. 
All right. Um, and finally, remember something here. I'm going to bring you ADR. ADR is sponsoring Red. And Red's out on the block because, yes, <laughs> with the wave of people, like this is an epic, ladies and gentlemen, a wave of people from Central America, South America, Africa, Europe, Asia, they're all coming to that border. Red, who lives at the Hotel Normandy, you know, in like the poorest big city in America, they got a group of Venezuelans, I believe, moved into the neighborhood. I, I, I'm telling you, man, everything comes through Detroit. It really does. It really does. I, I read his Red's camera's frozen, and I just want you to see where he is right now. He's just frozen with a cigarette in his mouth with a really goofy smile. So No, it's just that cold, bro. Okay. So remember, uh, you know, another really good friend of the show uh, broadcasting on top of the iconic American Cody Island restaurant. Uh, give me some jingle bells here. Tis the season, folks. Oh, yeah. Tis the season. Want a good gift? Want a yeah. good gift? Yes, I do. A Coney kit. 12 dogs, proprietary dogs. Tub of chili, proprietary chili. You can't get it anywhere else. 12 yummy buns and a Vidalier onion. And one of those nice hats. Mm. One of those paper Coney hats. Right to your door. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. The orders are starting to pour in. We might have to shift the 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 daytime show to Tuesday because we got to pack those babies fresh every Monday. Be right to your door that week. Merry Christmas. Give the best piece of Detroit a dozen American Coney Island dogs. The original. Well said. Or come on down on Christmas vacation. That's corner Lafayette and uh, Michigan Avenue. It's the big red, red, white, and blue slice of pie. You can visit us because uh, Red works here. I work here. Baby Jesus works here. Karen hangs here. Mark eats yeah. there. He, I do eat. I, I didn't know how to say it, Karen. <laughs> like I'm the only one. He eats. And, and so does El Oso del Norte. El Oso del Norte, my man, Byron Goggin. That's Byron. Uh, you all know Byron, but let me tell you Byron's background for those of you just tuning in. You remember Deadliest Catch? Huh? Go back to this. I'm sorry. How many? <laughs> I was just in it to Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, we're going back to what? The Ka dogs? No, Karen does have a point. What do we? Um, what? Byron's okay. background is just full what? of Emmy Awards. See? No, oh, now he's turning no, the camera. He's, that, he's turning the camera he's away from it. Four hundred Emmy Awards behind him. It's very Go ahead, impressive. Charlie. My, my apologies. Oh, is that what you're talking about? Is this Emmy Awards? Yes. I got, got no. Ton of them. I got no doubt that the guy. Hey, Byron, did you have to pay for those? <laughs> you got to pay to enter. That's what I'm saying. Three hundred bucks, right? It's a, it's a bit. I love that. Look at look look at that shrine to himself. Every that. one of look those is a three hundred dollar so, chip off his like, ego. My <laughs> wife came in today, and she's like, "Oh, you got to have the you got to have this perfect background." And she like arranged everything. I, I, did she I, light I, it too, or did you do that? Other shit there and she's like oh no <laughs> she's proud of me and i appreciate it well you should because like byron byron's like a big big deal like uh deadliest catch remember that one mm -hmm. uh, the the crabbing season in alaska yep strapping himself in the boat that was byron yep. and remember the ice road truckers in alaska i do and i remember byron's on it because he's got a poster behind him there too in the upper uh, upper right if anybody's watching he's got all his posters of everything he's worked on i like it i, I like mean it's like that, that. You see it. there yeah. you go oh there you go I mean, so this guy's the real deal. Like and like, tuna. Yeah. if you guys are like uh, tuning into the red at the Normandy, you know, I sit around, I try to think of the program and I'm like, perfect. Mm -hmm. Because to me, that is a, that truly is a growing, potentially a Netflix series, red at the Normandy. You got a great comic. 
real life and a world-class <laughs> photographer editor and that's byron so we went to mexico together that was me and byron it was pretty good oh so they gave him a name <laughs> and on the Mexican side of the border, we're drinking at a hunting and fishing club with one of our sources, and they, they named him El Oso del Norte, <laughs> the bear from the north. <laughs> if the shoe I'll fit. take it. Yeah. Well, I, was, I was worried because, you know, I mean, you don't know who you're dealing with for real. There's, they could have been cartel, and they're thinking about just fucking drawing and quartering the guy and putting his head on the wall. I didn't know. What did they call you, Charlie? Charlie? <laughs> they call him Dos Mas Tequila. <laughs> no, 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 gracias. Whiskey. Con rocas. Great, right? Great people, right, Byron? Oh, fantastic people. And, and I owe them a lot because, you know, our safety was all due to them, and I really appreciate that. They really took care of us. Because... Like this, this is what they said. We we actually one night we we uh, ate and drank with a bunch of teals, a bunch of uncles, guys, but you know late sixties, goat and lamb. And it was it was really great. And um, uh, Don Valdez wants me to give a message about Eagle Pass, Texas, which is we're good people. It is a fine place. It's our home, and we are more than just violence. We're more than violence. And I said. Senor, I'm from a border town too, a violent place, and that's all they talk about, so I understand, and I wanted to make that so. But having said that, it is a sad and ugly situation, Byron, is it not? Yeah, it's really terrible. I was, uh, I knew that we were going to walk into something different down there, and I've been through a lot of experiences in my life, but like uh, until I actually got there, I didn't really realize what it was going to be like. Also, um, you know, there's so many pieces of the story and so many people tell only certain pieces of it. And the whole intrigue of me going with you, Charlie, and why I love working with you is because you tell the whole story. And I really appreciate that. Like it was, it was great to be there with you and be able to uh, bring, you know, forth some stories that I hope people really like. What did you see, bro, that knocked you sideways? I mean, because you are a big bear from the north. I mean, you're from the UP. So that's a whole different border. What would knock you sideways? Well, in all fairness, it was a lot. It, it wasn't just one thing, you know, it was a couple things. It was, I was amazed at how many people were coming over the border. And I was amazed at how easy it was to come over the border. And uh, I mean, that's why we went there because that, the whole idea is it's just one story, right? Like, oh, it's just easy to come over the border. It's flooding. But like what knocked my socks off is, how deep and complicated the issue is does that make um yeah and mm -hmm. see the amount of people there to see them putting people on buses and with locked windows and padlocks these women who have children sucklings um, sucklings them and suckling on their tit sorry I, I mean that's what that's what it is and you you feel sympathy but then you also know within those people there's probably somebody who I'm not going to say probably there may be somebody who snatched somebody's child and is bringing them across to sell them for the sex trade. And if, if, if this uh, border patrol is unable to identify that they're going to be successful in it. And it's just, it's horrible because it, it's a nightmare there. Right. And it's, 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 more, than, it's more than, it's more than what Cooper dirty. will tell you. And it's more than what Tucker will tell you. There, it's it's a nobody whole knows story nobody knows it. nobody does it i mean they stand there and they yeah. take pictures with drones but nobody puts yep. their hands on the people nobody digs through the garbage 
You don't really get to hear how frustrated and angry the Border Patrol is, the National Guard, when you hear the National Guard. They're not there doing anything but, but shuttling people. So that's, that's no solution. You find out how ineffective and silly the wall is. You see guys in designer jeans. You see hot chicks coming from Havana going to Miami, and they're really cool. Hmm. And you're smoking a cigarette like, man, we can get along so fabulously. Hmm. And you see how broke everybody is and sick, the coughing. So you see people. You see all kinds of people. You see the, the, the I don't want to say unwashed masses because they just came through the Rio, but that thing's a fucking sewer. Yeah. Old women, just it's it's solvable, but the way we're talking about it is ridiculous. Like the the wall's ridiculous, and the fact that well, these are refugees uh, fleeing from violence. Well, yeah, but that's not grounds for asylum, but it is now. This is I'm poor and I want to be somewhere. And every time the president, sir, if you're listening, every time that you utter a word. Uh, remain in Mexico policy. I'm going to get rid of that my first day. The world hears asylum. Yeah. Title 42 is going to run out. I hear asylum. I want to give uh, amnesty to the DACA people, the dreamers. You know, the ones that came over with their parents when they were 10 and they're 30. And I want to give them citizenship. The whole world hears asylum. You got to be careful. It's just soft. It's, well, uh, anyway. We went over. We wanted to see how it worked, Byron and I. Byron did not want to lay in the weeds. I'm like, let's hide in the weeds. Like, <laughs> we're, we're in a real, real rough part of town. And there's like a thousand people were like laying around the center of this town, Piedras Negras, Black Rock. And the locals got pissed. I mean, there's thousands in there just waiting to come. About, about a week, two weeks. And uh, I'm like, hey, dude, we could, we could get in with like, like this whole, like, hundreds like we just oh, pop geez. it if we just hide in these weeds because <laughs> there's the crossing spot because they're all over the place right pathways and you look for the mound of garbage and that's where they yeah, go yeah. and i'm like if we just hide in the weeds we can get in he's like oh fuck i ain't getting on a fucking weeds <laughs> jumping in on a coyote's goddamn you know chickens crossing the shit and get wiped out too much cartel it. brother too much cartel yeah <laughs> just say bad lighting no me gusta el, el cartel bro no why don't we uh you know and and we came up with a better thought which is we want a personal story we, we want a story of a human so you human beings might be able to connect to it instead of just just a group of human cattle that's that's too much so without further delay uh, and, and by the way great work byron i mean way, way to go way, way not to get detained <laughs> i appreciate it i appreciate it i mean great work by you too brother thank you man so uh, without further ado the ballot of elvis moncada what am i doing in the middle of the rio grande with an ex-con from nicaragua named elvis a guy who can't swim let's go back about an hour or so where the smugglers live and the migrants who've been deported for whatever reason. And when they're deported, they come back and they end up in this no man's hellhole. All this gets rented to them is part of the price. It's a very dangerous place. It's 100 yards from the United States and they're just waiting to jump. And it's about ready to get worse. 
Elvis Moses Moncada stands on a bluff staring greedily into America. He describes himself as an out-of-work laborer who served five years in the federal pen for sedition against the Ortega regime. Thus, he says, he is a political refugee. Porque no Mexico. Mexico. It's difficult for paper. I see. Two years, three years. So he knows that the papers are difficult to get here and there's not a lot of work. It's easy to be there. The papers are difficult, but they're not putting you on. It's easy to find work. So everybody knows. Dude, this is what he's got left in his life. Today's pesos. Out of money and out of luck, Elvis will have to cross the river himself. The problem is, Elvis can't swim. He watches a group go from the bluff and makes up his mind to go for it. Right now? Right now, he said. We follow. A surly Mexican official tries to stop us. But he has no power. Texas. Texas. I have to go with them and he has my business. They will, they will pick me, I will go. This is not correct, my friend. He says that's not correct. That's true. But nothing is correct here. About 2,000 migrants cross in this sector every day of every week. And now with the expiration of Title 42, the COVID policy of returning asylum seekers to Mexico set to expire. Hundreds of thousands more are expected to flood these banks. Meanwhile, in the gurgling waters of the Rio Grande, Elvis makes his way. The river's escarpment is lined with concertina wire and garbage from tens of thousands before him. About a quarter mile beyond is a great iron fence, but it's useless. Asylum seekers like Elvis need only touch American soil. Elvis scrambles up the riverbank, steps over the razor wire, and before he can gather his bearings, the Texas National Guard is waiting for him as patiently as an Uber driver to shuttle him to his new life. That's pretty powerful, Charlie. Pretty wild. Preguntas? Questions? I just, my thing is, is that to be able to see that firsthand adds so much otherwise unspoken context to the images that we see briefly on the news. I mean, here's a person who can't swim risking his life for just the opportunity for a better life. For this great place. For this great place. Understandable. You don't want to be in Mexico. It's too hard to get papers. There's no work. He doesn't have any friends, any family here. The siren of this great place that we're all dogging on and giving up on. And we need not do that. I was looking at comments on Facebook and YouTube while it was rolling. And uh, people mentioned, too, that you were on Tucker last night. I thought he asked some good questions. And I, I pulled it if you want to play it. Oh, you pulled the internet? I did. Yeah, um, why not? Um, I thought it was good. You know, it's funny, though. It's like, it, I, I go on that program. You go on that program, and all of a sudden, you got 2,000 more followers. People, right? It's a big program. <laughs> yeah. And then 
there's some hateful motherfuckers. Of course, right? Just, always. It's t- Twitter. But it's interesting that they all fucking watch Tucker and follow his feed. <laughs> always, yeah. You know, you can't So, like... There's a lot of hate watchers look, and hate tweeters, and yeah. Yeah. Well, I get it. Yeah, those, well, those are cyber gangsters. That's, that's it. They are cyber gangsters. If you ended up with them face-to-face in the room, they wouldn't open their mouth. They hide behind... <laughs> I mean, and, it, and it's crazy. So just keep it moving, Charlie. Right there, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going down there, motherfucker. I'm crossing. But I'll tell you what, man. Like I, I said on Tucker, I crossed 20 years ago with the Sinaloa cartel. Yeah. And 20 years ago, you walked three nights in the desert. You know why? Because you didn't want to be caught. Did not want to be caught. And now... The whole point is to, to be, be caught, caught, to yeah. get picked Asylum. up, get processed quickly, and be in. Yeah. And again, that fence will not work. I think I probably said that, Tucker. If you got to go ahead and roll it, fuck it. Save me some So breath. you have to kind of wonder, why has no one done what Charlie LaDuff just did? Why haven't we seen this before? Charlie LaDuff has spent 30 years in journalism. He's at the New York Times for a long time. He's now and Byron. the CBS News Hello, so Del Norte. He joins us tonight. Charlie, thanks for coming on. Thank you for doing this. Why? why I haven't seen anyone do this before. Why do you think that is? I don't know, man. That's why I went down there. You know what I mean? The co- way I look at the coverage, it's it's the eggheads and the meatheads. And we got no idea really what it's like or what the answer might be. You know what I mean? How? What was your assessment of it? it it's a damn mess. And um, let's like on the left. They, they're saying, you know, uh, war-torn, they, uh, th- these are asylum seekers. They're just broke people looking for a better life. That's the truth. On the other hand, on the right, build the wall. Build That's dumb. Listen to me, people. I don't know where Tucker's going to post it, but go find that whole story. Because if you touch American soil, you get asylum. So when the wall is 20 feet away or a quarter mile in, it doesn't matter. It won't stop anything. So let, let's do a little experiment. Up here, in, I'm in a border town, Detroit, with Canada. If, yeah. let's say, DeSantis, if you want to pack a bus full of migrants and tell them, please, don't lie to them, tell them they're going to go to Canada to get asylum, you know what'll happen, Tucker? Canada's going to turn them around. You know why? Right. Because why? we have a treaty with Canada that wherever um, an asylum seeker first touches, whether it's Canada or the United States, that's where they must apply for asylum. Why do we do not have this with Mexico? This is what the pinheads in Washington yeah. need to be doing. You know, there's only one um, border state senator on the Foreign Relations Committee, and that's Ted Cruz. And I don't know where the hell Ted Cruz is. So you make a really smart point, because my understanding, according to the DHS numbers, almost everybody coming across is not from Mexico. Everyone from Oaxaca wants to be in the U.S. is already here. These are people coming from Central America or Africa or the Middle East. Was that your experience? A hundred percent. There's Russians, Romanians, Ukrainians, Peruvians, uh, Haitians, um, people from Niger, Ghana, you name it. They're coming. So here's what's happening. When Trump was in office, he negotiated the Remain in Mexico policy as the president's allowed to do. You're seeking asylum. You must remain in Mexico and wait for your court date. Biden's first day in office, he said he's suspending it. You know what they hear around the world? Amnesty. When Title 42 is going to go down in two weeks, they're going to be a bum rush because you know what? They're, They're lining up in Mexico. You know what they hear? Amnesty. When you're talking about 
DACA people, which I don't have a problem with. You grew up here, you're an American. But when they hear, when he says amnesty, the whole world just floods in, dude. This is 14-year-old girls. I found a, an immigration, uh, a vaccination card. She got a birth control implant in her arm a month ago, a 14-year-old. Why? Because she's uh, afraid to be raped and get pregnant. There's a better way to control the movement of people than a damn bum rush. I came in to Mexico 20 years ago with the Sinaloa cartel. We went three nights through the desert because we did not want to be apprehended. It's completely flipped around and everybody wants to be apprehended because they're getting papers and they're going in. And I would do it too. A lot of good people, a lot of hungry people, but the government must manage the flow of human beings in a way that's acceptable to we, the people, and they're not doing a damn thing. It's amazing. Bill Mugin's the only other person who's done any reporting like this, and I'm, and I'm grateful that you have. Charlie Duff, thank you. Thanks, Excuse man. Me. Post that thing somewhere, will you? <laughs> sure we will. <laughs> Did you follow up? Did he post it? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> He'll be posted it. Bill Nugent? Yeah. The guy with the hair? And he never did anything like anything. that. Yeah, give me a break. He's the drone guy. <laughs> oh, good for him. Uh, I do have a follow-up question. Karen. What's that, Karen? No, go ahead. I'm listening. Go ahead. I, I just, I, and this is maybe a minor thing, but when you cross the water, how dangerous is that part? Because it looked like Elvis was, the currents are pretty deep, and that water looks gross, and... I mean, I don't know. Does do you know what the terrain is like when you just go in? Of course not, right? Uh, let's ask El Oso. You still there, Oso? I'm here. Go ahead. Let's ask him. You know, it, it's so as we're standing on the bank, we're watching other people, right, who are crossing, and so you kind of get an idea of the trail that they're going. Um, probably the the most dangerous part of it was the current, right? I mean, it only. I'm a big bear. Mm -hmm. uh, like the name but big cuddly bear maybe <laughs> you know my breast area but like to, to charlie and and elvis like it was deeper and to a woman even worse and in, in many in, in many cases they're carrying an infant and one of the, one of the border crossing uh or one of the border patrol people <laughs> was telling us a story that happened just a, a short time before a woman was trying to cross and uh, the baby slipped from her arms and was swept down the river and drowned. And so, you know, if, if you're a strong male, maybe you might not worry about it so much, but like, you know, oh, but you, you do you, you travel 30 days across Mexico and, and you're a woman and you're tired or, or whatever. I'm just being honest about it. Like, you know, but, yeah, but, you, but let me let me jump in there. But you do worry about it, because if you know anything about a river, there's a. There's, there, it's mucky. Mm -hmm. There could be a yep. sinkhole. There could be a drop off, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't, you can see that guy was scared as shit. You can see him stumbling, you know, like so badly, yeah. like he was going to make himself fall. So, you know, talking to the, that group of 350, 400 people, I'm like, how'd you cross? Well, the coyote will bring you up to the river, but he won't, he won't walk you across. So when you're walking across, you don't know what's going on. And uh, one dude from uh, Havana told me he went under because mm. he went in a spot he didn't know, right? Yeah. Others did not. But that's why in these large groups, like usually a man, by their telling, will go first. The chain. The guy that could swim because he got he to gotta be the, the guide. Wow. So it's just a leap but of I, faith. I, 
and, and I don't know if you remember, Charlie, but like you were only like 20 yards up river from where I was. And I'm a big guy. I'm 6'6", 260, right? And you saw me struggling. I almost went down, right? Yeah. Like I was nervous about it. It, it wasn't easy. Yeah, and, and I was, was I was worried for you, dude. So, like, I was if you get off on the wrong place. You're done. I was worried for you because I was like, "Fuck!" There goes all the footage. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you don't give a you don't give a damn about me, but you know, no. dude, throw me the camera. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, the gear, the gear. We can't lose the gear." Dude, dude, dude. You all right? Don't get that wet. What are you doing? But you you saw it in our in our post. I mean, people. Uh, our our first reports from there, Karen. You know, you're going in the, into the into the weeds there, looking at all the garbage. Like they're taking like empty water bottles mm -hmm. and tying them together, and hopefully that's that's enough to to float them. They they can't swim. They're they're from they're from the desert. Yeah. They're they're from inland. You know, Mexico's a very but, arid place. But that whole I mean, thing just speaks to the uncertainty. Byron, don't talk over people. So. Go ahead. That's Karen. okay. Go ahead, Byron. No, ahead. no, no. I'm running the show now, Karen. I'm back. What were you oh, saying, my friend? Oh, what were you I saying? Was just, <laughs> I was saying that it, it, it just, it's, it's just the whole thing was just rep representative of the uncertainty of their life and, you know, their future. Because if you've ever walked through any kind of water, even a puddle, if you drive through, it's scary because you don't know what's you don't know if it's a pothole. You don't know if you're going to drop off. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, uh, uncertainty and just blind faith that has to be applied just in this whole process. And so let's do this, too. This is a question somebody asked me. OK, well, then why are they fat and why are their their shoes fresh and why are they wearing designer jeans? Well, they're wearing designer jeans because a lot of them are like young dudes. And if you're leaving your country, you're taking your designer jeans. You're taking your best stuff. That yeah. you're taking your best shit, man. I'm getting to Miami. Could you imagine this motherfucker get to Miami and he's trying to get into the club with his last <laughs> three pesos, by the way, is 15 cents. Oh, God. Now you're trying to get into the club. And you don't got any money for a drink, but you got your jeans on. Okay, number one. Number two, why are the shoes dry and everything? Because people have a change of clothes before yeah. they go. Before they walk through the water, they're in plastic bags. And you can see when they get over... They strip naked and they get they put new stuff on. That's why I let stuff's left behind, right? That's right. And they leave the wet stuff. I mean, behind. I've yeah. got a Cuban passport. They left yeah. everything yeah. behind: dolls, clothes, wow. money, yeah. right? Old useless, you know, pesos and mm -hmm. bolivars and you you name it, just littered. Um, so why are some of them heavy? Because they're heavy. Because even if you're making a long journey, you're not going to lose forty pounds. How do they make the journey? <laughs> How do they make the journey? Some people go like this. The richer people, like the Venezuelans, you'll fly to Mexico City. You'll fly to uh, Managua, Nicaragua, right? You'll take a bus. The very poor people like um, Elvis, he took a bus, a taxi, he walked, he took freight trains, rode a tractor, any way you can. There's a whole highway going on so the circumstances depending on your like you're from the ukraine you're flying into mexico city you get a 30 uh, oh by the way the mexicans are very corrupt oh i'm shocked so these 30-day travel visas right <laughs> that are supposed to be you get those by paying a bribe so you get 30 days to travel in mexico and they know where you're going yeah they're passing through they're passing yeah. through and they're mm -hmm. going right to the border so pay me so that's how that happens so the richer people 
can take airplanes and a bus. The poorer people walk. walk. So right. I can't divide them all up for you, but that's how that works. Now, how do we fix this? <laughs> how do we fix this? I refer you back to Canada. My good friends in Canada, we have something called the third safe third country treaty, 20 years old. If somebody seeking refugee status presents himself at the border, whichever country they landed in, whether it be Canada or the United States, that's where you must apply for asylum. And so you go back. So you, if you're in America and you go to Canada, go, I want asylum. Mm -hmm. They turn you right to fuck around. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's an issue with that. The treaty says if you present yourself at a legal port of entry, but there's a loophole. What if you jump the border there? If you're like in the United States and you jump like upstate New York, we don't got to take you back. So Canada takes them. Canada's up in arms because, dig it, this year so far about 25,000 people have done that. Okay? And they're running out of space and they're running out of money, except we get 25,000 people a week. We got 10 times the population of Canada. They're bigger land-wise than us, yeah. and yet Canada can't take them. And Please. Trudeau, you know, owed Pinky Trudeau, <laughs> right? Justin Trudeau <laughs> is advocating for expanding the treaty to include the whole border. Justin don't yeah. want them either. So don't talk to us here about hating, because I don't hate. We got room, but I want it orderly. I don't want kids raped, and I don't want us making the cartels powerful and more rich. So why don't we have a treaty with Mexico? What's Mexico doing with Guatemala? Where's Salvador in this? Yeah. Where's Honduras? Why aren't we at a table? Yeah. This is the solution. It takes a will. But you will not get this from our senators in Michigan. You will not get this from the president. You won't get this from the Republicans. Nobody's actually doing the real work. Something is possible. If we have NAFTA, then we could have tied this into it. But we didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm just against the exploitation of human beings, and I'm against the bum rush. Yeah. I'm in no way against an immigrant of our choosing. And, of course, asylum's a whole nother thing. But what are the parameters of that? This is fucking ridiculous. And Byron, to tell you, it's sad well your president said that he felt like there were more important things to talk about and to do so obviously it's not a priority for him i told you i told you karen these political parties in the people you could see it locally you could see it in this these state and the federal government hipsters well-fed you know pretentious degrees you won't get dirty you won't go. It's a political liability or you're scared. The reporters won't do it. The politicians won't do it. I like the Border Patrol people. They're very, and most of them are Latino. So don't tell me that they're fucking racist because they're not. And they have a big heart for these people. But the way it's being done is a fucking outrage. And Canada knows it. You know, and Charlie, do you mind if I say something? <laughs> And the way in the way that it's covered is 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 that way also. Like we watched other reporters there from other networks, right? They don't get any closer than 100, 200 yards away, sometimes a quarter mile away. Nobody's willing to go in and do the work and get their hands dirty and tell the real story. 
And if they do tell a story, it's just a little section of the story. It's not the whole story. And yeah, that's that's all I got to say. And you want to know how the dope comes in? Here's Here, let me, let me hit you to this. Without question, without doubt, every single time when you see a big group of people, right? This is, this is done on purpose by the cartels. They get a gigantic group of people. They push them into the river. What do the American authorities do? The Border Patrol, the... Um, uh, National Guard, right? Local mm -hmm. sheriffs. They all have to respond, process, load them, take their belongings out, right? Deal with it. So everything we got in that sector is now pointing inwards. Go a mile down the river, here comes your boatload of fentanyl. Yeah. It's exactly how they work it. It's yeah. exactly how they work That's it. Pretty smart. Mr. President. Yep. And people are dying of fentanyl. Now, I don't even want to say it. I don't have permission from my family. But, you know, when people die of fentanyl, they don't know they're getting fentanyl. Yeah. They put that shit in weed. They put it in what you think is cocaine. Heroin. They put it in what you think is heroin, meth, anything recreational, any kind of, because they're giving you a bunk. They press it into tablets. They're, they're giving mm -hmm. you bunk. Yeah, yeah, the fake, fake oxy. Yeah. You they're giving you bunk, mm -hmm. selling it to you. It gets you high. Hopefully you don't die, but it's not what you think it is. I plead with you. Do not buy shit like that off the street. Yep. It's everywhere. This is another consequence. This is the cartels. Here's another thing. Byron and I, we will not reveal it, but we have very good contacts. I would now call them friends in the state government of Coila. Right, that's that's uh, Piedras Negras, Eagle Pass, that's Maverick that's County, like that's yeah. Coila County. Mm -hmm. They've done a very good job of fighting the cartel. The reason every the double traffic is going through um, Coila County uh, uh, State is because they do a good job of keeping the violence out. So the Gulf Cartel, the Zeta Cartel, and the Sinaloa Cartel, they're at war, they're in like Reynosa, butchering each other they're in um juarez butchering each other not so much here so i'm going to give you a message mr president the authorities of the highest level in mexico in this mexican state want a solution because when title 42 ends and the flood comes well naturally the cartel seeks to Fill that vacuum, and they don't want the violence. It's not a failed state, but by our inaction, we're creating another failed state. We are bolstering these criminal organizations, and these are bad motherfuckers. It's nothing like La Costa Nostra. Nothing like it's paramilitary shit. So we must do something. So wipe your noses. Stop tweeting me. I'm telling you the truth. And I don't care about Trump. And I don't care about Biden. I don't care about the what ifs. I care about us. I care about these people. They, thousands have disappeared. Yeah. Right, right, Byron? I mean, it, it, it was heavy, dude. I'm still tired. Yeah, it was heavy. It was heavy. Some of the stories that we heard from the Border Patrol guy just blew me away. The Mexican officials, the immigrants themselves, like... We worked hard. We didn't just sit there and set up a live shot. We worked into the night. The like, hardest work, Charlie, was listening to those stories. The hardest work for you was like, hardest work for me 
was listening to those stories and have to translate to you. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know anymore. Because I'm like, you know, you know, man, I, I like, you know, I, I speak like a dog, but this this dog can bark, and I'm like, I'm not quite sure what he said. Hold on a second, we're gonna work it through this app, and it was just like torturous. And then Byron's like, what? I'm like, he said we're gonna die, motherfucker. That's what he said. Did you see Cabrera while you were down there? Cabrera? Yes. Karen, did we? Did you not watch the show that you hosted? Did you not watch the show you hosted? I did watch it. I wanted you to talk about it. That's why I'm bringing it back up because I want to tie it into everything else. Well, wait, go with the flow. No, that's that's uh, you're doing a like a you're doing a Fox Two toss. She did it really well, though. I'll give her that. Hey, did you run into Cabrera? It was a good toss, Karen. I'm not even going to answer that because that that was like a little BS. We're no BS, so you. No, it wasn't. You, no, it wasn't. Oh yeah, you're like, hey no. man, did you uh, did you see Cabrera? I'm like, yeah, I was on the show you hosted. You know, I saw Cabrera. I, I saw the show. You didn't see the show. I saw the show. You were there. I was just. I wanted to just bring some of what happened into the conversation as it aligns to the human interest side of the stories. I mean, because he's down there, we've talked to him before, um, and and he's part of the border patrol. That's yeah. all. Well, now, what do, what do you want to know? Yeah, he was there. For sure. He's the he was speaking in his capacity as the vice president of the Border Patrol Union, because, again, the government's not allowing anybody to talk. They're telling us to turn off our cameras, what we don't have to do. Right. But we're going to do it anyway. What's the status of their funding? They tell us to stay 60 feet away from the people. You can't touch them or shake their hand. We're going to do it anyway, but we're not going to be disrespectful. And because of Cabrera. Well, goddamn! I get asked a question. Let me finish my thought. If you're with Cabrera, you get some respect. Chris Cabrera is a, a respected man on the border. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking like man on the border. Chris Cabrera is a man. The man. I mean, that's a dude. Now, I hope he doesn't fuck up in his life and somebody dredges up that. I can't. <laughs> I can't vouch. I mean, you know, but he's respected. You got the name Cabrera on your lips. You're respected. The guy has put his life into this. By the way, Chris Cabrera. You understand what I'm saying? They're not a hate bone in the man's body. But the man's trying to and do he, a job. He's, he's the reason, Charlie, that I was almost able to crawl in the car with, or, you know, in the, in the paddy wagon, so to speak, you know, with yeah. the people and yeah, the get shots from in the bus. Right. I mean, yeah. he made it happen. Everybody else is 200 yards away. He's, uh, he sends his best Karen, and he really does. I mean, because he really, you know, likes you. He's, you know, first time he came on the show and and uh, and you guys were having a talk. He was just like, I mean, he knows quality people, you know. Well, but you could see that in the piece that did air on last week's show, Charlie. But I did want to. Oh, now you admit it. <laughs> just kidding, oh, poor kidding. Karen. Go ahead. You're saying him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying that was, you know, his passion, his commitment, and even the respect that he carries on the border was evident in that piece. But I thought it had some relevance in today's conversation. That's yeah, all. you know, I mean, he um, he resents being an Uber driver. Mm. Yeah. He resents being an Uber that. driver, and that's what's going on. And again, if we have a treaty... I don't care where you see life. That's cool. Like God didn't say I'm right. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm living here with you. I respect all of you out there. If you believe we have room 
and more people should come, then there should be a mechanism. And this administration fully believes that more people should come. We can do it in an orderly way. The next administration comes and say, we don't need that at this point. Then we have an orderly way to do that. But it's just complete disorder, sloth, and laziness. And I beg all of you to bring yourself up to speed to ask for such a thing. What's the solution? Whether you just don't like immigration, you don't like mass migration, you don't like a bum rush, you don't like people getting raped, you don't like cartels, you, you, know, you don't like dis-safety, whichever it may be, we can come to a common solution, which is let's get some legality in order. That's what I came away with. Mm. That's what I, instead of a guy named Elvis, you know, I, I liked him. I mean, we, we hung out for an hour and a half. I mean, I don't what do you really know? But you, you could tell he was a, no gang tattoos. Mm -hmm. He did time. Maybe I believe his story. Maybe I don't. That's up to the Border Patrol. But I respected the shit out of what he was doing. If he's not, I, I asked, are you a criminal? You believe in God? You got kids? You feeding them? What do you say? What, what, so do, you say? what do you think I'm doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ball, it's ballsy. It's desperate. You know, That's Charlie, you, I'm sorry. You yeah. asked me in the beginning what was the thing that probably stuck with me the most, and it might have been the whole thing about the border wall, right? I mean, just the fact that it really had – it didn't matter. All this talk about the border wall for years, and it, it – no relevance. All you got to do is touch the, the ground. As I've been sitting here for 30 minutes thinking about it, it's the border wall. Like, like it's horseshit. So what? The border wall so works. What? The border wall where I know y'all got fed your talking points. I know because I get the messages and you're tiring me. But the, the wall works in this way. In urban centers, it stops a bunch of people from running in and mixing in. Right? Oh, but by the way, when you're driving, here's the federal law. Within 100 miles of the border, they're allowed to stop you and ask for your fucking papers. You, the American citizen. If you're within 100, 100 miles and they did it to us. Right, Byron? Yep. Okay. Yep. 100%. So the walls in the urban areas make sense because at least it's a stop, boom, spotlight on you. Psst, get out there. Ding, ding, ding. It stops you from driving in weapons or driving out weapons. It stops you from bringing in shitloads of fentanyl in the urban area. So it drives people out of the urban area where we can see you. Works in that way. That's what that's for. Hear that clearly. Rewind the tape and listen to what I just told you because I've spent months a year on the border in my, my life and career. Here's what it does not do. It does not stop an asylum seeker. Elvis was praying in the water and I'm like, mm, 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 mm. if I was you, motherfucker, I'd do it a side shuffle yeah. and get the fuck on shore. Make sure, because until you make sure, right? Just but then again, I don't even know if that's true because the international boundary runs through the middle of the river. Yeah. So all you got to do is get halfway to the river, in my legal estimation. The relief on his face, too, when he, when he hit the shore. I don't oh, know if that's because... Por Dios. Because he made it or because he survived the water, you know, or both. Because the, the enormity of the man's life, mm -hmm. prison, poverty, 1,500-mile journey, three pesos, a river, I can't swim. I fucking made it. This guy's more excited to be in America yeah. than me or you. Yeah. That's a great point, yeah. So we got room for that. 
Mm-hmm. I think we got room for that. Like, new blood is good. Russians are good for us, right? Ghanans are good for us. Haitians are good for us. Mexicans are good for us. Ukrainians are good for us. They inject some, some stuff, some toughness, some desire, some ethics, mm -hmm. some culture. I believe that. But I believe you must respect what's here. Good job. Thank both, you. Both you guys. Now, here, here's the thing. Just a pitch for me and Karen. It's kind of cool. I got the front page of the Detroit News today. Right? Mm-hmm. Little, got a little extra room. Thank you, Nolan Finley, over at the Detroit News. You can all subscribe for a buck for six months. That's like three pesos. <laughs> three pesos a month, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and... Um, DetroitNews.com, Karen and I, were, she's on Tuesday, I'm on Wednesday, and I'm reading this, and I, I just got it, because back to home. To the right of it says, COVID, out of spotlight, but still claiming lives in Michigan. Sorry, I got to do this, Nolan. I'm, I'm sorry, it's no bullshit news hour. Because this is something else we do. So it's basically saying there's an acceptable death toll, we're all going to go back to work, but it says this. There are a lot of reasons why. Public COVID requirements are largely gone. Deaths are significantly fewer. In the past week, Michigan reported 242 COVID-related deaths in seven days. That's about 36 a day. That nearly matches how many people were dying, the 242 in a week. Nearly matches the amount of people uh, dying from the virus in a single day during the winter months of late 2020 and early 2021 when the state recorded multiple days with more than 200 deaths each. And that was before vaccines were widely available to the public. So they're saying we have a little itty bitty death count now, nowhere near what it was before we had vaccines at the, the, the mammoth spike. The biggest spike was December, January, 2020, 2021. Nah, that's not right. That's misleading. That's not correct. That's do me a favor. Yeah. Get my lawyer on the phone. Get Steve DeLee from the Mackinac Center on the phone. Okay. Because he and I had to sue the state for the COVID numbers. He and I actually co-wrote. I don't think his name's on it. I don't think his bosses would let his name be on it. We went through all the data and I, you got him? Is he on the phone? Steve, you there? Hey, Charlie. Hey, hey Steve. What up, though, baby? Hey, how was Texas? Horrible, homie. Me gusta mucho. Me gustaría mucho. I loved it, dude. I loved it. I love adventure. I love doing stuff. I it makes my life meaningful. In, 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 you know, in a... Uh, an exercise of, of futility, which is life, which is there really is no meaning. You must find your meaning. Mostly the meanings found in each other. And I found a lot of people that mean something to me. So it was, it was great. Good. I'm glad to hear it was fulfilling. Okay, good. Now, listen, dude, this article says that at the high spot in COVID, when Whitmer had to shut everything down, we were having 200 deaths a day. That's not true. That was that asterisk. Remember? 
Oh, I remember that asterisk very well. What, we what, ended up suing over that one. Yeah, we sued him. What was the asterisk, bro? So those asterisks were those vital records deaths that we went that we've been talking about for over a year now. Those are the deaths that they just went back and looked at death certificates and said, "Oh, this is a COVID death," and added it into the total as of that day. Yeah, so they would like. Uh, it's a COVID death. They're going to comb over shit over 30 days because they didn't have their shit together. And we now know they couldn't keep any data. So they would go look at death certificates and then one day or two days a week, they drop a gigantic number, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there were days where that was the majority of reported deaths. Yeah. Like as this newspaper article says, uh, some days we had 200 deaths, but that's not true. They were deaths. You and I sued we could never find out who died, how old they were, where they lived, what their race was, what day they died, right? They just dumped them into a box and all these fucking gerbils in the media went with that crap and now we're using it. Now we're, they never questioned it. We sued. Now they're using it as an excuse. Well, COVID's not so bad now, right? That's what they're trying to say. They're at least saying... You know, where where it's not as bad as it was, but, you know, we worked on that piece about six months ago and our conclusion was, you know, our death levels have been pretty consistent throughout. So what piece did we do in June, dude? What did our piece say? So that was the one that we had talked about. Um, essentially, it was an annual anniversary piece. So we went back and we looked June to Ju June to June from 20 to 21. And then 2021, 2022. And our deaths were slight, were 8% higher. But at the end of the day, they were pretty darn close to where we were at the worst period. Speak English. What, did, what do you mean? What, so what did we find out? Um, I mean, I guess if I translate it this way, everything that it's we did in 2020 lawyer. doesn't really seem to have had any real effect on the COVID death toll. We have vaccines in 2021. We had... We'd open society, but the death toll on both counts remained the same. So, no, actually, the year that we had the vaccine, we had more deaths than the year without the vaccine. Right? Hmm. Yeah. That there's been more COVID deaths since the vaccine in this state, that the deaths actually went up in this state when in this country the deaths went down. There's something afoot here, right, bro? I mean, it certainly calls into question all of those policies that got put in place in 2020. So let me do this. Watch this, Holmes. June of 2020 was uh, 33 months ago. Something like that. Almost three. Your math. Wait, okay. So how many months ago was June of 2020? June of 2020 to 2021 to 2022, that's 24, and then another six. So in 30 months, 30 months, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Pull the calculator out. How many days is that? Let's just do this. 30 months, let's just say it's, it's 30 days, right? That's 9,000 days. Is that correct? No, I'm sorry, 900 days. So 40,000 deaths so far. Divided by 900 days. What is that? Uh, yep. 
We get my lawyer on the line. This is what 44.4. 44.4. 44. So the average death per day was about 44, right? And what did we average well, last has- what did we average last week? 36. 36. Mm-hmm. So to tell me that it's over. No, what what this is and I'm not accusing the writer of anything, but you are massaging what happened here. What we're talking about, COVID is, it's the same as it was in June of 2020 when the deaths actually went down. We just averaged in everything. When you stretch the band out, it's 44 a day. We got 36 a day. It's the fucking same. So what this really says to me, uh, whatever this douchebag on Twitter is, the one that keeps accusing me of a hunting Governor Whitmer. And, and, and you <laughs> fell short, you hack. I'm a fucking reporter. I don't care about you, you dope. And yeah, I muted you, you dope. Because I like to listen to smart people that disagree with me, but not dopes. So here's the deal. No, we shut it down. The mistakes were made. Other states did not shut it down. And we got the same death count. We got the same death count. We got a higher death count than everybody. Why? 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 You may not rewrite history. The death count is not less, Madam Writer. In the very same newspaper that we work, I wrote that with Steve. Steve, how many databases did we go through? Oh, that that project took a better part of a week. I mean, we were in the state data, the New York Times data. Heck, we went to other states' data to cross-check how it looked across the Midwest. I mean, that was a big project. It was, because we didn't want to get a thing wrong for 800 measly words, right? Oh, no. The number of times we went back and forth on phrasing and numbers, no, we, we had that one tightened up. And why did we want that tightened up, bro? One is our reputation, but the other was we want to tell the truth to the public, right? Yeah, I mean, look, if we're going to say that this is the data, we need to be right. Because if we're wrong, it doesn't help anybody. But if we're right, we can at least bring light to something that people can use to evaluate policies and what's actually going on. I mean, the truth matters to people. The truth matters. Write that down, man. The truth matters. La verdad es importante. El ultimo. The truth matters. We fucked ourselves up. We fucked ourselves up. And when I'm sorry, whatever your name is, Brace or Bryce or Brit or Bonehead or whatever. Dude, information is good for you. I'm not hunting anybody. I don't deny any elections. I don't hate any people. I hate rapists. And people that sell junk to people and kills them. I don't like them. And pedophiles. And pedophiles. And pedophiles. Fucking hate pedophiles. Hate them. Ain't nothing cool about it. You'll never find any... Uh, what is that? They got a new word for that. What is that? The uh, New word for what? Pedophiles? Pedophiles. <laughs> I'm not up on my new pedophile lexicon. I know, man. I'm just... I'm, I'm not into it. So that's what Steve no. and I do. He's a good man. He's not a partisan. Are you, Steve? No, I am not. Are you a pedophile? I am certainly not. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, in case he is, Karen, I mean. Better to know now. Better to know now. 
You, you know me better than that, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, but I'm an old grizzly guy. I mean, I'm not your type, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't know about Charlie. That. Well, okay. Stay we'll focused. Fix we'll fix it in post. <laughs> Please do. Just glad to be back. I can tell. Just glad to be back. I Steve, I love you, man. You do God's work. That's my lawyer, Steve. Sorry about the Steve. pedophile. Thanks, Charlie. I love being on. You, you go with that, man. Can I, okay. can I ask Steve a question before he goes? Oh, so yeah, yeah. Can you hear me, Steve? Sure can, Karen. Go ahead. Do you still have your mugs? I do. Yes, I have. I'm obviously at home at the moment, but it's sitting on my deck. That's that, all that matters. And thank you again right. for that. Is that code word? Is that some pizza yeah, parlor code word? What do you mean, mugs? No, <laughs> no. No, last, last time you had me on, she was kind enough to send me some uh, best lawyer and best uh, best boss mugs. Get out of here. That's so nice. No, she's very gracious. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, wait, just no, hold on. I'm, I'm, the ni- I'm, the, I'm the nice half of the team. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm the tired half, but, you know, I mean, we're a good team, Karen. We're a good team, yeah, me, you, so. and Byron, and Mark, and Hippie, and Luke, and, and Red. Grace, and Red, and Bernie, yeah. and Barry. And everybody, and, and everybody kicked in, Charlie, while you were gone. Every, there, were, there were all hands on deck. Everybody did what they had to do to make sure that the show went off, that you guys were connected I mean, so it's it's good to be when everybody has, you know, a common goal. It, it makes all the difference in the world. And what is that goal, my friend? That goal is to make sure that we factual, topical information to the people who carve out time in their day to listen and watch us. Well said. Now, we're running late, but uh, I believe Red has got frozen balls out there on Woodward. Red, you out there, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still out here. <laughs> Down to his last cigarette. Red's out there at the Normandy. I, I, I encourage you all, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, go to our Facebook, uh, go to Twitter, go to YouTube, and uh, check out all the visuals, because this is a good-looking shot. Um, Red's got a report from Midtown Detroit. Uh, you know, he's staying at the Flophouse Normandy. I say that with all respect. You know that people, whoever owns the Normandy, Flop house is a good place. People need to flop. Red's there. I've been flopping for a minute now. <laughs> so, Red, um, unbelievably, in, in th- that neighborhood there, that, that $120 a month, uh, a, a week hotel. $139. Good, $130, they, put, they raised the price? Yes. Inflation <sighs> has hit the Normandy. I'll report that later. Are you getting any kind of government assistance, man? Not a fucking dime. <laughs> Maybe you should go I to can't Canada. even get food stamps. Maybe why they ain't gonna they gonna deport me back here? They don't want us. No, just just tell them like go to the port of entry. Tell them you're a refugee. There's too much violence that your sexual orientation makes you a target. And um, sure. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm just telling him, I'm just telling him how to get in. This is what you, you got to say stuff to get in. He's trying to get out. Got to get your story straight. They don't take men in Canada? <laughs> I don't know. Canada, if you're online, go ahead and, uh, go ahead and uh, type in uh, any men in Canada. We're asking you to go ahead and answer that one. I, I will not answer. You said sexual orientation. I'm a man. Right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, man, I'll just stay focused here. We'll fix that in post. <laughs> All right, so what do you got for us out there in this cold, cold night? Oh, wait, wait. Well, it's, not you know, cold. it's not cold. That's not steam vapors. That's your cigarette. Oh, no, it's cold. I'm just making it look like it's warm. <laughs> uh, I'm freezing my nuts off, actually. Um, but since you went down to the southern border and to check out a border town with the immigration wave, I decided here from a tip that was given to me to check out the board, some immigration things here. And Where'd you wait, believe wait, wait, it or wait, not, wait, 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 you got a tip. Where'd you get that tip? Uh, uh, I, I don't divulge my resources. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'll, g- I'll give you permission. I, you give me, oh, it was you. Since okay, you great. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a journalist in training here. So, you know, <laughs> we hadn't discussed that. So I went with what I saw in the movies. You, so, you, uh, you failed. You failed. You divulged me. No, but go ahead, brother. <laughs> So on the tip, we went to follow it up and uh, I tried to get some information. And uh, one thing is you need to know how to be able to communicate with people. And since I don't speak no kind of Spanish, uh, I didn't get very much. But this is what I got. And uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll talk about it. Can I ask where you're from? Venezuela. Venezuela. Guys came up in the summertime. Y'all decide to leave Venezuela to come to America. Yeah. Job, work, not a lot of work over there. Oh, oh okay. As you can yeah. see, it, I didn't get much. Um, <laughs> that's a hell of an interview, man. That's unbelievable. That, that, that's going to be the you know, new state of interviews. You know, we're going to call you El Lobo del Norte. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all I know Don't is Ola, okay? We cut we cut that out. All I knew was Ola, okay? I'm not the great bear or whatever the hell it is. But shit, first of all, I want to know who Daly told these people it was jobs over here like that. First of all, you're around the corner from the fucking Normandy, okay? Whoever sent them here in hopes of a better life, you couldn't have sent them to Bloomfield Hill, Rochester. <laughs> Fuck it. Warm, okay? It, they're around the corner. It's a church is here. A closed down save a lot, a laundry mat, and a liquor store with four gas stations. Okay, this is not a great start to a new life unless Venezuela is really jacked the hell up because they were happy as hell. Everybody in the house smiling, great people. And you know, I just like really would like to know who sent them here. They did not look at a map and say, I'm going to leave this country, <laughs> risk my life, and go move around the corner from the fucking Normandy. I refuse to believe that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. After what we see they go through to get here, it is no way I'm going to believe that they planned this. Okay, they got here, and the folks at the board, stop lying to these folks. Tell them the truth, okay? <laughs> Tell them you sending them somewhere that possibly could be as bad as where they just came from. It's like the border patrol. The border patrol's like, hey, hey, send them up to Detroit. Send them over to the Normandy. That'll be great. Oh, I'm pissed at the border patrol. I feel for these folks. I'm trying to get the hell out of here. Shit, I'll probably go from where they came from. See if it's the same. I don't think it was a border but, patrol. Somebody wrote it down for him and they gave they gave it to the officials. I'd like to go here. I heard it was awesome. Oh, oh no. You know what it was? I think they read that international report that named Detroit as one of the best tourist spots to go. See, this is what misinformation gets you. Hey, but on Paul, the, 
compadre, do you know where this new Asian fusion restaurant is? <laughs> uh, but on a, on a real note, you know, I'm, I'm joking and talking a lot of shit. I, I, I feel the plight of these folks. You know, you have to really think about it. If you leave an entire country to go to another country to work, it must really be bad. It ain't like it's convenient for us. We can go from city to city, state to state, no biggies, don't deal with none of the hardships or, or tragedies. So they're happy to be here. Very talkative, nice people, looking to work, do their thing. And uh, I agree with you, Charlie, that the, the fat heads up in Washington really need to get together and come up with a better solution to bring these folks here that want to have a better life, hard work and contribute and be American citizens. And, you know, brother, you make a good point there, because if you've ever been to South America or Central America or, or m many parts of the world, if you think this is poor, you don't know shit. Mm -hmm. You don't it's know true. shit. There's plenty of opportunity here. Um, hate, hate to sound a little old about it, but, you know, get off your ass and make hey, it life, know, man. There's, a, there's opportunity yeah, here. But you know what, Charlie? There's another Wait, wait, wait. I think Red's this. getting propositioned. Did you hear that? Red, oh. what's going on? Like he's like, Shh, don't wreck my you, thing. You don't speak to you don't speak to everybody. <laughs> no, rule number one: you play death. Did he just say you play death? He said death. Yes. Deep, death, however you want to say it. Perdón, señora. Yo soy muerto. I'm dead. <laughs> but Charlie, there's another lesson in this too. I mean, we want and expect so much and associate that having everything and having so much makes us happy when in actuality, it's the simplicity of family. It's the simplicity of having a home. These people don't have a lot, but they have opportunity and they're happy to be here and they're happy with each other. And I think as we go through the holiday season, we all need to reevaluate just you know, who we are, what we have, what we actually need, and assess the fact that we probably have everything we need to at least be content and, and happier than we than we think we are. That's probably true, but Red can't speak a lick of fucking Spanish, so we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not my fault. They gave me punk-ass French in high school, and I didn't like it. I tried to take Spanish. They wouldn't give it to me, so I learned uh, comment allez-vous and hola. I, I, that's the only foreign shit I know, French and Spanish. So I'm going to get me All a Rosetta Stone. Okay, well, here's yeah, what you're going to have Rosetta to do. Yeah, I'm going to get a Rosetta Stone. The neighborhood's changing, homes, so you better start learning some Spanish. I would encourage everybody just a little bit. What's wrong with that? They do it in Europe. Yeah, we, we're not Europe. We're multicultural. We're a multicultural country. Just live with it, understand it, and, hey, we get along a lot better if we can understand each other. I, I see that now. We'll leave it at that. But that's, just smile, Red. Everybody understands that. That's a good one, brother. We'll leave it Most at that. Definitely. Sister, brother, and everybody else out there, my sisters and brothers. Orale. Thanks, Big Bear. It was great hanging out with you, Holmes. That was really enjoyable, man. That's memorable. Good time. Good time. Yeah. Was. It was. It was cool. Respect, man. I appreciate you. Big, hairy, ballsy, bear we're gonna leave you with the rhymes and stylings of el oso del norte byron goggin who's got many many blue emmy awards, awards. <laughs>